Hello and welcome to Storytime with Shining Nathan. If you followed us here from TikTok or YouTube, we're so happy you're here. If you found us organically, welcome, you're in for a treat, as Shining Nathan, or as people like to call him, your gay auntie, will be reading you stories throughout literary history. So grab yourself something to eat, drink, and get all cuddled up while Shining Nathan takes you on a literary adventure. Be sure to follow us on TikTok, YouTube, and Instagram, and subscribe for future stories. Hello, lovers. This is your gay auntie. Now, I've already recorded this episode, but I hated the way the app distorted the audio. So I'm re-uploading, re-recording, and re-uploading. Now, as many of you may or may not know, I do record these much, very much ad-libbed with no real script, but a prompt that I would like to talk on, and then occasionally I'll read. Now, today we're going to do a somber conversation, but one that's very illuminating for a lot of us, and that is going to go from my own memories and recollections. Now, today's going to be on perception versus truth, and how our perception can keep us from seeing the truth. Now... As always, I'm so glad you're here. If you found me organically, welcome. I'm your gay auntie, Shining Nathan from TikTok. If you've already subscribed to me, well, I'm just glad you're here as always. Now, I'm going to talk about perception versus truth and how perception can keep us from the truth. Now, I'm going to talk about these memories that I've had since I was little. You know, because we all have little vignettes of memories from when we were very small, like I would say before the age of four. Now, a little background into me. I grew up very poor. My mama raised me because my daddy went to prison. I'm going to be opening up a sparkling water. One second. <laughs> you see, because my mama raised me by herself with some help from my aunt and some help from my grandma because my father went to prison when I was one. Now, this is important, so keep that in mind. You see, my father went to prison when I was one due to drug use, and he didn't come out till I was about eight or nine. And unfortunately, our relationship was very tumultuous. We never really got along because I always saw resentment in his eyes after coming out because I was not the manly boy he thought he'd have, the boxer, the musician, the mechanic. What he got was a slightly terrified, bullied, but very joyfully kind of feminine little nerdy boy. And that is who I became and grew up. Now, as the years have gone on, I've since taken on some of the interests that my father had hoped I would have. Like I like working on cars, working on certain manual labor tasks and other things. And I do enjoy a little fisticuff here and now and then. <laughs> but that's neither here nor there. My mom always said that I was very like my daddy. Now, we're going to go into perception. Remember those details I told you, my father's resentment after coming out of prison and us never really being able to connect since then. Now, he's passed, been passed for about 15 years now. And before then, he did ask for my forgiveness. But we will have that conversation a little later on in this podcast. Now, growing up, I had these little vignettes of memories, little keyhole sized views of things. And I could never quite pinpoint a lot more details than what I saw in my own mind through these keyhole views. And these memories were had to be from when I was younger than the age of four, you know. 
And you know, we grew up in government housing, very poor. But I remember sitting on a couch, those old velour with the sawmill brownish pattern with the wooden um, armrests. I remember sitting on that and watching the old Godzilla movies. And mind you, keep this image in your head that I'm seeing this as if I'm looking through a keyhole. Then I have other memories of me pulling out a big old guitar case and opening it up to pluck the strings of it. Or being handed a small accordion, just my size, and playing that little accordion. Now, of course, we're Hispanic, so trying to learn a little bit of Tejano music ain't nothing wrong, but it's different than other people think. Oh, and then I remember being taken to a park in this apartment complex with the South Texas sun beating down on our heads. And always remember, these memories feel like they're through a keyhole. Now, there was one memory that I was able to always remember that unlocked a wider vantage view of all these memories. You see, my mom didn't really date all that much while my father was in prison, then even afterwards. But I do remember one man. Now, this man was a darker tan, skinned Latino man with a mustache, I remember him standing in a bathroom, towel wrapped around him while he shaved to keep that perfect mustache. And I remember he had what looked like whipping scars on his back. And I remember it so vividly, just him very happy for me to be there and talking to me. And me just excited to watch him shave and listen to him talk. I don't quite remember what he was saying, but that's one of those memories And I always assumed that that was one of the men my mother had dated during the time. You know, as you grow up, you kind of learn and realize, oh, that's somebody my mom dated. Well, one of the blessings of COVID, (laughs) the few that there are, was the fact that I was able to talk with my mom a lot about random different topics. And as my ADD brain goes, we're having a conversation on one topic. And I finally asked her about this man because I know I was about three or four when I saw this man. And she, I told her about him. I asked her, who is this man that is in my memory? And she said, mijo, that's your dad. Now, I can remember my dad saying hi to him through uh, glass and concrete rooms as he would push his hand up against the glass and I'd put my hand up against the glass, desperately trying to know this man, knowing he's my daddy. And I asked my mama, what do you mean that's my dad? She's like, yes, those those are whipping scars from his, your grandpa. Your grandpa was a very mean man. And your daddy got it the worst. That's your father. So I finally asked her, mom, when did daddy go to prison? She said, he went to prison when you were about almost four. And then my mom got to talking and rambling on about the time he was here. And these memories I have, these little vignettes started expanding. You see, she started telling me about how he would sit me on his lap and we would watch the old Godzilla movies. And he would tell me all about the monsters as I would climb all over him. And he was so happy, more happy than any father could ever have been to have his son so excited to be with him. And we'd wear these sheets as capes as we sat there. And he would carry me to the park and push me on the merry-go-round. 
and these vignettes began to expand. The keyhole opened into a door to these memories that began to begin more and more. And I asked my mom more and more questions about these little vignettes of time. The memory of the guitar was my father pulling out the guitar, helping me pull it out, opening it, letting me strung the strings, and then playing for me and singing these Tejano lullabies and him buying me my first little accordion in the hopes that I would eventually become the musician he was. And he'd teach me the keys of the accordion. <laughs> Memories that are now gone to me in terms of how, what keys to play where, but these little vignettes expanded to so much more than what they were. Remembering him sing to me different times of night, Bouncing me on his knee as I looked at that cheap wood side in here in the house. Memories of him picking me up, carrying me around. And that simple memory of him shaving was him showing me how to shave. And so happy to have his youngest son there with him and being able to be a part of his life. My mother told me that he loved me so much. That he was so beyond happy to be a part of my life. That going to prison was such a hard thing for him because he knew he would not be able to be there for me as I grew up. You see, before he passed, he sat me down for a conversation. It was a month before he passed and asked for my forgiveness. You see, I'd grown up so resentful of him because when he got out of prison, I saw the resentment he had towards me. We never got along, even though me as a nine-year-old boy tried to connect several times. But we couldn't. And there was a reason for that. Finally, when I was in my teens, he wound up saying an unthinkable thing to me. And I severed all ties until I was 19 and in college. And that day is when we had the conversation. He asked for my forgiveness and said several things that at the time didn't resonate with me because I had my own perception. And I was so cold to him. You see, he mentioned that he had resentment. That he'd been gone so long and I as a gay man and him as a bisexual man had so much anima and so much toxic masculinity towards me that he did not let himself try to bridge the gap and understand. And in his way, he was born in the 50s as a Hispanic man. He tried to explain his feelings the best way he could. And me not having, the, having my own pre preconceived perception was not willing to hear it and read all he was trying to give me. You see, my mother telling me these things that he loved me beyond words opened my eyes to the truth. And I'm ashamed to say that it wasn't until I was 32 that I was able to see this truth. And my, dad and my, my daddy had been gone for about that time, 13 years. You see, the resentment he had wasn't towards me for being this little effeminate little boy. 
it was towards himself for the mistakes he made that led him to go to prison. The mistakes and missteps he allowed himself into that took him out of my life so he couldn't be there to be a part of it. Not only to mold me into the boxer or musician or mechanic he wanted me to, but to be a part of my growth. And I, with my own preconceived notion, had shut myself off from the truth. This man, this Hispanic man born in the 50s, had no way or knowledge of how to connect with me and desperately tried to until his own frustration caused him to say the unthinkable. And my own preconceived notions and perception prevented me from seeing how hard he was trying to learn and love me without the grace of time together. And I do have regret towards that. You see, this man that I had only seen for the most of my life through a sheet of glass in a concrete room, even while there in prison, loved me so much. He would send me little gifts of artwork he would make. And they were beautiful pieces of artwork. <laughs> This man who everybody says I'm so like. Wanted so desperately to get back to his youngest son. And when he came out. He could not connect with his son. Because his son was something he was not used to. Due to my own perception. I gave up. The ability to know the truth. And it's not like my father was abusive in any sort of way, shape or form. But I had shut myself off from a possible relationship with a man. Who had been robbed of time from his son due to his own actions. And I regret that. And that is why now I try to live my life trying my best. And even though I sometimes fail, not to let my own preconceived perception hinder myself from seeing the truth and keeping myself from having bountiful relationships. Now I do fail on occasion, of course, I'm only human. But I look back as it's been 15 years since he's passed. At what I lost due to my own perception. These beautiful memories that I have of my father, now, which were once tarnished, are now golden. But I do live my life with regret, and I have to work to forgive myself. For my part, I played. And I know he forgives me. I saw that that day when we had that conversation. I know he forgave me for the perception I had. And the fact I was so closed off from hearing and seeing the truth. And that is why I want y'all to remember. 
Don't let your perception keep you from the truth. The truth is the truth, yes. But sometimes you have to open your eyes to see it. And once you do, you'll allow yourself to have beautiful and resounding relationships. Now, I understand there's differences when it comes to actual abuse and things like that. And that is your choice. And your prerogative to not allow somebody back into your life. If they were truly abusive. But as I've said throughout this this podcast, don't let <laughs> your perception tarnish the ability to see the truth. Because you could rob yourself of something beautiful. I'm now 34. And all I can be is glad that these little vignettes are now golden portraits of a time of a man who loved me. Beyond measure. Even when locked up in the American prison system. He clung to hope. And had me. As his little shining star. I know that's a little bit of a melancholy tone. But for me. It's both bitter and sweet. <laughs> you know the saying. But I'm not mad anymore. I'm not mad at him. I'm not apathetic to him. He was a man doing the best he could. And the only way he could. In a society that raised him up. So, remember. Don't let your perceptions keep you from the truth. Love fiercely. Because one day, we may live with regret that we didn't get to love before, as time is both our blessing and our curse, and people slip through its fingers all the time. We hope you enjoyed this episode of Storytime with Shining Nathan. If you did, remember to subscribe and feel free to follow us on Instagram, TikTok, and YouTube. If you would like to support this channel and your gay auntie, go to patreon.com forward slash Shining Nathan. If you have any suggestions on pieces we can read, feel free to email us at yourgayauntie at gmail.com. Remember, you are loved, you are fully valid, and we're so happy you're here. You take care of yourself.